the mic. One, two, one, two. Bean, you want to check the mic? Check, check. One, two, three. This is Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wheat and Kelly McVeigh, and the Bean. Say hi, Bean. Hi, Bean. <laughs> How's it going, you guys? Great to have you. Today, we're so fortunate to have Jeannie Hunt Gibbon. She is a registered dietitian. Her business is called Veggie Lush Nutrition, the Hormone Health RD. She's a registered dietitian. And the reason why we decided to reach out to her and bring her into the conversation is because the second half of the conversation Kelly and I had in person in the dead of night, it's probably around four o'clock in the morning we had this conversation all about Kelly's diet and my diet, I flew back home and one of the first things I did was try to find a dietitian to help break this down because I wasn't really able to because I'm not an expert. So we brought in an expert to talk to us about diets and to be debunk myths and you know what really is going on and how to eat healthier for ourselves and our families. So we're so excited to have Jeannie here First, you are going to hear the conversation Kelly and I have in the middle of the night, which hopefully should bring you some joy, and then we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty and actually learn something with Jeannie. All right, guys, let's get started. I love that Carrie drinks a whole bottle of water for every half a glass of wine, and I just drink two glasses of wine. Listen, I have to make up for it because in the last two days, I have not drank any water. And I can't remember the last time I drank a glass of bottle of water. I I also proud of you. The amount like I eat three square meals a day. So today I was like, what do you mean? What? A, okay, but like so I eat three full meals. So a does day. a full meal for you? Because listen, you guys, Carrie's very tiny. I feel jealous about it all the time. Is a full? You square got a booty right now. It's nice. Like, like I love your body. Way. No, it's good. I've been doing a lot of squats. No, does Jeff love it? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> do you, but you noticed it? No, you have a great booty. In a bad way, though. No, I do d- have no. a big ass. Can, can I tell you, though, that other women would die to have booty? Because you know how many flat-ass girls there are out there? There's so many. I have a little, I have squats down. No, no, it's great. I do a million squats. No, it's great. But I have a, I'm way bigger than you. When you eat these three meals a day, because she weighs like four and a half pounds. No, but that's just my, that's just my DNA. Like, are you talking about like you ate a banana and, uh, uh, no. Okay. So carrot. Shut up. So no, I make, I I make, I make like scrambled eggs for the beans. So just regular scrambled eggs and like a side of fruit. Okay. So you have a, that's breakfast. Okay, scrambled eggs and a side of fruit. Yeah. What's lunch? Lunch is like full burger, burger. Like a hamburger. Hamburger with bread, with a bun? Yeah. And fries. And lettuce and tomato. Yeah. And and French fries. Yeah. And we share. Okay. Or or we have like. Share like sheets, um, 75% and you eat. No, like it's a big burger and we like share it. Okay. Or we have like a burrito, like a Sharky's burrito, like, you know, like a burrito. Keep going. Burrito and chips and we share it. And, and then, then dinner, I make her like chicken and rice and green beans. And you have chicken and rice and green beans. And I have chicken and rice and, and green beans. And you have rice. Yeah. And I don't understand this carb thing. I don't think carbs are the, the evil. 
Okay, so so like chicken or rice and green beans and like and then we'll have like dessert. We'll have like we'll okay, have like something guys, sweet. Let me okay, so tonight we after the event, after we got all of the things cleaned up and we uh oh, I like ate all of our entertainment. I went out and I got a little bit of salad, I got some steak, steak. I got some salmon, I got yeah. some Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Um I got uh, I got a teensy teensy bit of mashed potatoes. Now listen, I don't normally eat carbs, so I, it was normal for so me to get a little really bit of mashed potatoes. You don't eat carbs because if I don't eat carbs, I, I can't like I'm not full. Okay, well I eat a lot of candy, but let's come back to that. So I got a little tiny piece of mashed potatoes. One because I don't eat a lot of bread and mashed potatoes, and two because Carrie was with me and she weighs a half a pound. She comes out. She no, comes, I like fully got she a got different her plate after me. She had steak, salmon, salad. Um, bread, bread, bread with butter on it. She had chicken and salad, like a second plate, a second plate, a second whole plate with chicken and salad on it. And I said to her, I really want a piece of bread with butter on it. But if the bread isn't good, I don't want to waste, waste it on bad bread. And she's like, did you get mashed potatoes? And I was like, I was like, I got like a spoonful of it. And she's like, why would you just not get bread? And I'm like, I just don't really eat bread. And she was like, I was like, is the bread good? Wait, so if you eat bread, do you feel like your body like balloons? I just don't eat bread. But but why though? Like if you ate it, then what would happen? So I think that I need to stay away from whites. Okay. It, like when you eat those things, what happens? I don't necessarily even think about that. I just think I don't. Now, I have a sugar problem okay. in the sense that I eat gummy worms, I eat Twizzlers, I eat gummy bears. And I don't have that. Like I, That is my issue. I don't have that. But I have to say, okay, here's my, th- here's my thing. Tell me why you ate, like, she you ate a people, full piece of bread that looked really good with butter on it. You know Keep how going. people are like carbs, sugar, like I don't micronutrient myself out. I just make sure that I'm balanced overall. Like, okay, so I had some protein, I had some veggies, I had some sugar, then I had some bread, then I had some rice, then I had some fruit. But, but, but is this because that is your metabolism and where you came from and what your body does? I, I do not and know. And you're just blessed? No, because like over my life, it'll go up and down. But right now, but because up I'm and down really, to like, because right now I am in aerial all the time and pulling your own body weight is so efficient of a workout. Well, obviously. Yes. But so but like also if you're pulling your own body weight, you probably care about your body weight. I'm not thinking to myself, I'm going to not eat this because I'm going to be lighter. No, I don't okay, do that. Okay. So I you swear on your life. <laughs> you swear on your life that when you were like cuz you're still a performer, but when you were in like the thick of it. Yeah. And you're wearing thong underwear yeah. with a bra top and you're doing aerial all night that you didn't think I'm not going to have the cheeseburger today. No, it would just be a balanced thing. Like I would just make sure I balanced it with everything else. So you would, so I will not micronutrient myself. At, if that is your question, I will so not you be like eat the cheeseburger. Yeah. Yeah. Would you eat the whole cheeseburger? If I was hungry. Okay. I want to know if you eat the bread and the rice, what happens? Because Maybe have no nothing idea. happens. I have no idea. Maybe your body's the same. You know what I'm saying? I have no idea what happens. Because depriving your body if you're still hungry. Okay, but listen, here's the thing. I don't, like, love bread so much that I'm like, you cannot have bread. Look at those jars over there. No, 
I have a jar of silly sour worms. I have a jar of Twizzlers. But do you stay away from bread and potatoes and rice because you feel like it's gonna, it's yes. not worth it? Yes. Okay, well, I would okay. rather eat two handfuls of that shit over there. But but here's the thing. Here's here's my question. Okay. If you're having protein and veggies, which is also protein. And I love protein. It, though I I no, that I makes get me it. happy. No, I get it. But protein uh, chemically, it there's no extra. There's no leftover. Your body consumes all of it. Okay. So if you have no carb in there, like I, vegetables have a certain amount of carbohydrates. Okay. You might be starving yourself in a weird way. You know what I'm saying? But don't you think the Twizzlers make up for it? But it's, it's empty calories. It's empty calories and sugar. So you think that I need some carbs. So if you have starchy carbs, just, I would play with it and see how your body reacts. Because all I'm saying is you, you might be not satiating your body body and then the body compensates can we talk about what satiation means on another day no i'm just saying like chemically your body might be starving itself and then you end up holding on listen i swear my life when i saw bread on on to calories that you wouldn't like my metabolism is so fast because i i i take in all of it you know what i'm saying like my my body's not holding on to rice do you think your body really thinks I'm going to hold on to this rice because I haven't had carbs for a while? Maybe, yeah. Because, I, I have no idea. No, because your 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 body chemically is it, protein works in a very specific way. Like if you look it up, your body there's no leftover. It's very efficient. So like people who are on Atkins diet, that's why they lose weight so quickly because there's no ex there's nothing becomes a sugar. Protein never becomes sugar. Okay, so why is that bad? I would really be interested in what a nutritionist has to say because you're beautiful. There's nothing wrong with the way you look. If you don't want to change a thing, I think you'd be great. Yeah. If you did want to change a thing, I feel like it would just be a little tweak because you're not doing any. Like, do you think that lifting weights, your body lifting, weight, lifting heavy weight is equivalent or more than cardio? So that's why my ass looks so good because I do a. Uh, a big um look it, it is not squats. it is not necessarily like everybody would agree but there is a, there is a big argument within the fitness community that like lifting heavy you could get rid of cardio altogether like cardio meaning like you're gonna run or do elliptical or like just keep your heart rate and there's there's different reasons to do that because like just to keep your heart muscle healthy is a reason to do that but like lifting heavy when it comes to weight loss will beat out cardio. Okay, lifting heavy beats out cardio. Do you think I should start drinking water? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's a wrap. Jeannie, Kelly and I, okay, we're business partners. We had an event last week or a week and a half ago, and we were up in the middle of the night drinking wine, eating cheese, talking, and I don't know, maybe 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh no, I love it. I'm I'm uh, I'm very pro drinking drinking cheese, okay, drinking wine, and eating yes, cheese. Yes, Carrie, keep going, keep going. I just had well, to yeah, four o'clock in the morning. Just you know, we are never in the same room at the same time because we're partners, but we live on other sides of the country. So she started talking to me about this like ten to fifteen pounds that she can't she cannot lose to save her life. She's a runner. She. It's very like, what I noticed when I was with her for a 24-hour period, 
I want to say to all of our listeners that are out there like, shut up, Kelly, you don't need to lose 10 or 15 pounds. Yes, I know. I work out. I teach dance. It's that... It's that, you know, I'm 45, you're doing all the things that you've always done and like it shifts and you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to change the game. So, you know, when you feel like you've always felt and you feel a little sluggish and different. And so for any listener that sends me a message and says, Kelly, you look amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. But it's just, you know what I'm saying? You gain that 10 and you can't, I can't figure out how to let go of it, but I would love to hear what Carrie says about the weight. Yeah. Well, okay. I was with Kelly for 24 hours in the same room. And every time I ate, she's like, you're eating that? Like a piece of bread, some rice. I'm like, yeah, I'm eating that because I don't really believe that carbs are the devil, but we need a professional to tell us how we should be looking at these things because I kind of feel like Kelly's depriving herself in ways that she doesn't need to. And then also not getting what she wants out of her diet. Absolutely. So there's a lot there that you were saying. So age is a factor. (laughs) Age. I want to, I want to address a bunch of the stuff that you talked about. Um, For women in particular, age is is a huge independent factor. Once we hit about 40, metabolism starts to slow down. Um, it starts to become more difficult to build muscle. Um, we need to put a lot of emphasis on protein and strength training to kind of counteract that. Um, so that's one, one aspect of things. The other aspect is, uh, carbs. Carbs are not the devil. I'll just say that right away. Uh, we all need carbohydrates. We're all built to run on carbohydrates. It is the preferred, uh, energy source for our brain, our heart, uh, resting blood cells, all, uh, our, yeah, all kinds of stuff, right, runs on carbohydrates. So we do actually need some carbohydrates. So that's, if we're talking about weight loss myths, right, one myth is that carbs are your enemy and that they're going to necessarily hinder weight loss. That's not true. Um, I think the other big thing, though, that we're kind of hinting around here is that weight is the goal. So to me, actually, the number on the scale is not an important metric of health um, or of success. That doesn't mean um, that if, as you age, for instance, and you notice a rapid weight gain, that doesn't mean that that can't be a goal to, to manage that. But just for me, the actual number on the scale is irrelevant. Um, what we want is for you to feel healthy, for you to feel fit, for you to be able to do the things you want to do, things um, like having the strength to do the things you want to do like Ariel. Um, so that's more important to me than actual looking at a number on the scale. And I have so many clients come to me saying like, well, my goal is this number. And to me, that's arbitrary, right? What the number means nothing. Um, it doesn't tell you what your body composition is at that point. It doesn't tell you um, you know, what you can do, how your strength is, how you feel, what your health status is. So, so I think the biggest myth in, in weight loss is that the number on the scale well, Even you saying that, because it all, it almost isn't the number on the scale. It's because really that number hasn't fluctuated too much. It's more that I felt super toned and now the places that I, the places 
that I felt toned aren't as toned, but I also, you just mentioned, I mean, 45, getting ready to be 46 in the fall, I taught ballet. I still teach ballet, but I'm not dancing in the way that I was. And so even my legs doing plies and batmas, all the things that my legs used to do, I'm not doing now. I'm running maybe instead, but the muscles that were toned in a certain way aren't toned in that way. So you said strength training as you age is really, really important. And when you said that, it made me think, okay, there's one shift that I should do, could do that might change some of those places that I'm thinking about constantly. Absolutely. So if you used to do ballet and you're not really doing it, anymore, but you kind of replace that with running. Those are two very different forms of activity, right? Ballet is very strength training oriented and very muscle oriented. And we're focusing on yeah, specific muscles and the legs and the arms and the core. Um, whereas running is more cardio than anything else, right? Um, running is a wonderful activity. It burns calories, but it certainly is not going to build a lot of muscle. Maybe your calves a little bit, but what happens, especially, yeah, once you reach your 40s, 50s, uh, you need to put a strong focus on that strength training. Actually, I would argue throughout your life. Um, but it becomes all of the more important uh, once estrogen starts to go down, things like that. Um, we have less of an ability to build muscle, right? So we have to work all the, mu- the more harder to build that muscle uh, one thing that is true that people have said for a long time, muscle, muscle burns more calories than fat, right? So uh, your resting metabolic rate is going to be faster the higher muscle mass you have. Um, it's going to be higher. Can you say that one more time? Because I want to write it down, but then I feel like you said it, and I bet there are other people that want to hear it again. So muscle, just muscle mass, period, that you have uh, burns more calories than fat, um, and it increases your resting metabolic rate, which is just what's happening when you're not even exercising, that kind of default, how much, how many calories are you burning, right? How much energy are you using is higher when you have more muscle mass than it is when you have more fat mass. If you at some point built the muscle, it's just easier to stay in shape. Yes, absolutely. If you've built that foundation in the past, um, if you have kind of a a decent muscle mass and your your body composition, right, is favoring that muscle mass, it's going to be easier to maintain a healthy weight, let's say, um, than it is if you have never built that mass, even if you're a lean person, if you're naturally lean and skinny, but you don't have the muscle mass, it's going to become all the more difficult, especially as you age to maintain that leanness simply because your resting metabolic rate or your, the energy that you burn in a resting state uh, is going to be lower with lower muscle mass. Okay. So Jeannie, this is not, this is greener grass. So this is our, like a wider audience, but everybody in here knows that I'm an aerialist. And so we say aerialist, but at the bottom line, what we're doing is lifting heavy. Because we're lifting our own body weight all the time, which is, you know, over 100 pounds. So every time you do your exercise, you're doing over 100 pounds. If I go to the gym and I do weights, there's no way I set the thing for 100 pounds. I'll set it for like 20, 40. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So because we are pulling ourselves, we are inherently lifting heavy. So I was telling Kelly that I think that besides my DNA, because I'm Chinese and I, I do have a bit of blessing with that, 
I was telling Kelly, I think the reason why it's easier for me to stay in shape maybe than someone else who's not an aerialist is because I'm consistently lifting heavy and that's just putting me on a track where my muscles are always experiencing that. And then of course, what you just said comes into play. Absolutely. I I will 100% confirm that. Um, Okay. It doesn't mean that you have to go lift weights at or that you have to become a, you know, muscle builder, a bodybuilder. You don't, but doing strength training and that strength training can be things like aerial. Absolutely. Uh, Things like ballet, Pilates counts, um, yoga, uh, especially a rigorous yoga practice counts. Any of these things where we're targeting muscle mass um, for added strength, will count, right? I, I I mean it literally when I say strength training. I mean like anything that's going to make you stronger. I love this because I love yoga. Like lifting sounds terrible to me, but I love yoga. I love Pilates. Like I always keep thinking like I need to get back in the routine of going all the time. And it makes sense to me. That all makes sense to me. And the fact that, you know, I, I didn't know. Like I didn't know resting body weight that – you know, the muscle mass matters. And I do think even having this conversation, like the places that I feel stressed about, it is just muscle that was there. That's not anymore in a lot of ways, but I also don't, (laughs) I don't eat amazing, but I, well, I should say, I do think I eat amazing besides that. I have a sugar, like I like sugar here and there, and we can talk about that. But Carrie was kind of like, she's just so tiny. And then she's eating Chex Mix. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Because I really do for the most part, feel like I eat proteins and, um, veggies for the most part, except for I throw in a handful of Swedish fish or a handful of Skittles. I'm a Skittles, Sour Patch Kid, Twizzlers kind of girl. Um, and I know that that's terrible, but those, that's my consistency of food during the day is kind of eggs, meats, um, veggies, and then random handfuls of sugar. <laughs> so terrible. So those things go with each other in a way that you may not realize. And that you're, so you're eating these carb-free meals, yeah. right? You're eating mostly protein and veggies, protein and veggies, yeah. protein and veggies, um, which are wonderful for you. But then your body is saying, hey, I need carbohydrate to run on, especially if, right. if you're running. You absolutely need carbohydrate for running, right? That All that cardio exercise needs carbohydrates. Wait, and when you say carbohydrates, are you talking about starchy carbs or the carbohydrates that live in vegetables? I'm talking about starchy carbs. I'm talking – sorry, sorry let, me, let me specify what I'm talking about. I'm talking about yeah, grains, yeah. Um, and I'm talking about bread, and I'm talking about rice and – and all of that. Now, do I, I like my clients to favor whole grains because they have fiber and protein built into them um, and even some healthy fat and antioxidants uh, and they don't spike blood sugar very much. Um, but let me, yeah. So let me back up. You need carbohydrate to fuel your body and your body is really geared toward making you get that carbohydrate, which is why you're craving things like sugary, sweet things like the Swedish fish. Um, because you're eating these, um, you know, quote unquote healthy meals with protein and veggies, but there's so little carbohydrate in the veggies. It really doesn't count. Your, your body is, is craving more than that, especially for the physical activity that you do. 
So you're compensating for it without even knowing it, right? You're compensating for it by having those sweets. Um, if on the other hand, you had, um, what, you know, we call a balanced meal, which is going to be about a quarter protein, right? So your meat, your beans, your tofu, things like that, about a quarter carbohydrate, which are your grains, um, things like rice, uh, farro is one of my favorite random uh, whole grains, quinoa, uh, a piece of bread, uh, preferably a piece of whole grain bread, right? Um, and then about half veggies. That's what about the balanced plate looks like. That is going to satiate you longer. Um, and that is going to satisfy your need for carbohydrate. Uh, so that's what we're really looking for. That's like the ideal healthy plate. Um, <clears throat> it is as simple. It's like the FDA, my plate system. It's, um, what most dietitians recommend, but that's what we really want you to be eating in order to avoid those cravings. For so really you're later. telling me this sounds silly now that I'm even hearing you talk about it. But in my mind, I felt like eating a piece of bread is so terrible or eating a roll. Like I have my mind trained in this way that I feel like it's better for me if I just eat a handful of Swedish fish later in the afternoon. But ultimately it would be better if I just ate the piece of bread during lunch. 100%. Yes. Um, it's funny because what you're doing when you eat the Swedish fish, especially if you're eating them alone, right? Or the Skittles, uh, if you're eating them alone without not any like protein, a, right? Like not alone, like depressed alone drinking. No. <laughs> you're saying alone without any other food. <laughs> I might actually do it in both ways. I might actually. Without their, their friend protein. <laughs> Um, I'm like, she can eat alone. I eat all alone all the time. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a whole nother <laughs> emotional eating and eating alone. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, alone without protein or fat, right? Which are the things that slow down the sugar spike in our blood. Um, it's going to spike your blood sugar. So you're going to get this immediate kind of sugar high that we talk about, right? But also you get a lovely uh, sugar crash after that, because when we get a sugar high, there's an equal and opposite reaction where we get a uh, sugar low. Um, and it goes much lower than it would ever go if you ate something that didn't spike your blood sugar. Um, so then you're going to crave more carbohydrate after that. So it's kind of a never ending cycle. Know, this sounds horrible. I mean, we were at dinner and Carrie got this big, huge, we both got a big plate of food. I want to say, because we didn't have time to ver eat, um, during the day. And she got this piece of bread, she had butter on it. And I was like, I can't believe you have that bread. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, is it worth it if I go get a piece? Like, is it worth it for me to have that piece of bread? And she's like, I don't, I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to eat the bread if it's not worth it. That's how much I try not to eat bread. Jeannie, we did not eat for like 12 hours that day. We were, we were producing an event. It was crazy. And by the end of the night, you know, we were able to eat the catering at the party. So they have everything, right? They have like Brussels sprouts and salmon and steak and chicken. They had everything. And I literally felt like my body was eating itself. And I got all the food. I got everything. I got bread. I got everything except for like the garlic mashed potatoes because my body can't tolerate garlic. And Kelly looked at me like I was from another fucking like, planet. <laughs> like another planet. And then when she started talking to me about it, I also looked at her and said, 
are you from another planet? Because first of all, you haven't eaten all day. So just eat. Like we're not at McDonald's. We're at like, you know, the food was all well prepared. And so that, and then the next thing, the next day what happened, she was dropping me off from the, to the airport. And we just went into McDonald's really quick to get a breakfast sandwich. And she said, what do you want? I was like, get me the biscuit, egg, egg, bacon sandwich. And she was like, what? What do you, how are you eating that? I was like, we're tongue over. I'm just eating it. And so what she got was like the sausage wrap, which I don't even think she wanted. But then in my mind, I'm like, we're at McDonald's. The, the, you know, you got to throw everything out the window anyway, because all of it's bad. So just get what you want. So anyways, this was my experience with her in 24 hours. And then literally flew back to LA and started trying I also to look for think, dietitians. I mean- People don't. Because I was like, this is not right. I'm speaking for everyone. I'm speaking for every listener out there right now. But you explaining it this way (laughs) is triggering so many ah ahas, which I feel partially like it shouldn't be. But in my mind, like I was doing the right thing and I couldn't figure out why I can't adjust because I'm eating so, like, eating so well. But ultimately, my body wants carbs because I'm running and doing all the things. So it's saying carbs, 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 carbs. I eat the handful of Swedish fish. It wants another handful in an hour and a half because I'm not having any carbs. And, and it's because my body actually just needs me to eat a piece of bread with lunch. I, I just feel like I don't know why I didn't realize these things. Well, I, I love that you learned it so quickly. <laughs> so um, yeah, you could, now you understand kind of the situation. And I love that. Um, I have so many clients come to me like this, uh, partly because carbs have really been villainized in the media generally. Um, and we've been made to feel bad about eating them. In fact, I had uh, a mentor who started calling them energy foods instead of yeah. carbohydrates. <laughs> because so many of her clients would hear the word carbs and think, oh, that's bad. I shouldn't be eating that. Um, so we call them energy foods. Fine. Whatever works for you, they give you energy. And we we need that, right? Um, and our body will find ways to compensate for it if we don't do it. Now, I, I do want to address the whole sugar thing um, because I think that's another issue. One if you are just eating balanced meals with carbohydrates, you're going to crave sugar less. But that doesn't mean you're going to never want sugar. Um, what is best with sugar is, first of all, to to save your desserty things and stuff till after you've had a balanced meal um, so that you're not doing this on an empty stomach. Um, and then, two, I like, to, I like the rule of thumb that the American Heart Association has made, which is about 25 to 35 grams of added sugar per day kind of watching the foods that you eat, reading labels, um, and kind of trying to limit that. Now, that does not include fruit, importantly, because another thing that's been sort of villainized is fruit. Fruit has... Oh, that, that sugar isn't included? It is not included. You can have as much fruit as you want? Uh, absolutely. Ish? Absolutely. So, oh. Yeah, we, fruit is this. pretty self-limiting, honestly. It's really hard to eat too much fruit because of the fiber in it. Um, I mean, you can if you really try, and and that's its own issue. But I, most of my clients are eating too much well, fruit. I have two questions. <laughs> um, okay, so one, yeah, and I'm going to ask them both and let, then let you just talk. But one, you said not to eat sugar on an empty stomach. Is there something about your body that does something when you eat it on an empty stomach versus when 
you have a full stomach. And I'm even thinking, um, like I'm not a coffee drinker, but if I do get a cup of coffee, it's like the caramel macchiato with whipped cream on top. So I'm even thinking in that sense. And then my second question is, I have a child because we're saying carbs are an energy food and I like thinking about carbs that way, but I do have a child who, um, he's super smart. We've talked to him a million times about food. He's not like a sugar person, but he is pretty much, I would say vegetarian ish minus the vegetables. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But he's like a noodle, pasta, bread, Cheez-Its, crackers, He's only like, that's what his go-to is. Even if I pack the, the healthiest, whatever, he's only really going to the carbs. So I know from a parenting standpoint that I need to make shifts that's on me, but also when carbs are considered an energy food, I think, what do you do? Like he's only eating carbs really. Yeah, that's a good point. We don't actually want to only have carbohydrates either. And I have plenty of clients who come to me on that other end of the spectrum. Um, I'll answer your questions in reverse since I'm talking about this already. So for children, that's actually really common for kids um, to really get attached to carbohydrate. They're just really easy to tolerate foods, um, really palatable foods. Uh, we do want to start to add in proteins as much as we can, because think about it. A child is growing constantly. They're building new tissues. All those new tissues are made of protein. Um, so they need that. Um, and it's really hard to turn carbohydrate into protein for our bodies. So we, we need to start introducing those um, and start to kind of teach the kid that this is what a balanced meal looks like and our carbs go with our protein. Um, now, that's not easy. And for a child to build a new tolerance to a new food can take uh, many exposures to that food. But it's actually the same for adults as it is for children. You just keep exposing them to it. No forcing. Just keep exposing them to it. Put it on the plate. Put it on the plate. It can take a dozen times. But the research does show they will eventually should. Uh, learn to tolerate those foods. And in fact, even maybe like them. Okay. I love you even saying that it's about exposing, 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 because I, he's the, the smart one of the bunch. And I almost think the more I talk about it, the more he doesn't want to do it. So maybe if it's just constantly on the plate there, move on, he'll eventually just do it. Yeah. The more you're like, why don't you eat that? Why please go and eat that? The more a lot of some certain children right are always going to push back on that. Um, if instead it's kind of just a given that this is how plates are and we always put a, a protein down with our carbohydrate. Um, and, you know, I would say encourage him right. to try it one bite literally, but again, no forcing because that's always going to create an opposite reaction. Um then, and this is actually backed by research, eventually children do uh, build tolerances to those foods. But it's funny because I say the same thing to my adults who are like, oh, I don't like vegetables or whatever. It's it, You can build a tolerance to new foods um, no matter what age you are. It takes many exposures and it does take kind of taking out that negative self-talk or negative external talk if you're the parent um, and instead just exposing yourself kind of in a right. neutral way. So Kelly, I have, I have a question for both of you. So if Kelly were to try to make a shift to this like friendly energy source carb thing, do you think that Kelly, do you think that you're going to have like a 
kind of like an emotional or mental backlash to it. Do you feel like if you start like adding that piece of bread or doing the serving of rice with, you know, your protein and veggie? Well, I mean, it's been I so long, you know, when I cook dinner, I always make it because basically that's, yeah, for sure. That's the only oh, thing you do. that one of the children eats. So he has to be a part of the game plan for sure. Right, like, right, right. And I, I think it just makes sense, you know, chicken, rice, broccoli, whatever. I just don't put it on my plate. Like I just like me personally, but everybody else eats it. So it won't be a shift in that way. Okay. And and are you going to be like, when, when you eat, okay, when you eat your chicken and vegetables and then not the rice when everybody else has it on their plate, do you, what do you feel um, like after the meal? Do you feel like I really full? Do you feel full? Maybe not. And that's why I eat a I'm just wondering. candy. Yeah. Like I legitimately probably eat a handful of like, not directly after, like I clean up, I load the dishwasher and then I open and get a handful of whatever. Like, I definitely do that consistently a couple times a day. I bet three times a day. Not, like, some huge handful, but definitely. Like, I'll have a couple Twizzlers or I'll get a handful of Skittles. Right. Um, But I wonder if I do that because I'm not full. This is – this is yeah, and this could be another Or if it's just a habit. I don't even know if I want to know the answer, but I also drink Diet Coke consistently throughout the day, and I feel like Diet Coke is a filler for me. Like it is a filler for food for me, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I just think that or not. I'm not sure. I, I would say that's very common. <clears throat> and um, yeah, what you're doing with the the candy is also very common as we talked about. Um, I do think there is an emotional component and a, so, you know, the fact that you're creating it for the family and you're creating a balanced meal for the family that you know to be balanced and then taking a component out for yourself, right? right? <laughs> That's, there is going to be an adjustment to that. Um, if you start allowing yourself, um, to have that balanced meal, I think, you know, eventually it's going to feel really good for your body. And to, and to go back to your other question about like what happens when you're eating sugar on an empty stomach is exactly what I was saying before about the big sugar spike. So you get like a little bit of a high, that sugar high that we all talk about, um, you're going to get that burst of energy at first because your blood is flooded with all that sugar immediately because there's nothing to slow it down. The things that slow down sugar entering our bloodstream, right, are fat, um, fiber, and protein. Uh, Protein and and fat being probably a little bit better than fiber is at it. And without any of that, right? There's nothing to slow it down. It's going to spike the blood sugar. Um, and then, like I said, you're going to get a sugar crash because we get that equal and opposite kind of reaction. Um, whereas if you ate it with protein or if, or if you ate it even on a fuller stomach that had some protein in it, right? Um, you're not going to get that same big spike. You're not going to get the same big crash. Um, so it's this kind of cycle that you've been having happen in your body over and over again. So it is tough to get out of that. Um, you know, I, I don't like the term sugar addiction because I think it's way too liberally used, but there is a certain addictive quality to it, right? There is a certain, we're, we're made to kind of crave these sugary foods from times when there was deprivation and we weren't able to have quick energy as easily as we are now. Now we live in abundance. We can get quick energy whenever we want. Um, 
So it's, it's, there is this kind of addictive quality to it. Um, so I do think there will be, there's a lot there, right? There's a, an emotional component to it. There's um, an addictive quality to it. I do think the world, speaking from my perspective, is constantly after that energy because they're trying to keep up. And I mean, moms, Carrie's got the bean and doing all the things. Do you think that because the world has thrown out all these different ways to gain energy through a drink, through you know, all the different ways that are out there these days that they go away from learning how to get the energy from actual foods? Oh, I do think there's a very big component of that. In fact, you mentioned Starbucks and Starbucks is kind of one of the worst (laughs) examples of this um, because one, you do get a certain amount of energy from caffeine itself, right? Um, But two, they couple it with a massive amount of sugar. So things like a Frappuccino, uh, have more than your, so remember I mentioned that 25 to 35 grams per day of added sugar, right? They usually have about twice that much, 50, 60 grams. So you've blown your kind of daily allotment of added sugar and by like two times usually with those. So you get this huge high. So it can be really addictive, especially if you're having that on an empty stomach, right? You have this big spike in blood sugar, you get the caffeine, Um, And it can absolutely be a cycle that you go through throughout the day. Okay. Is there any, um, because I also do appreciate your time too, but is there anything, you know, when I listen to everything that you're saying, the fact of building muscle, that when you're resting, your body is working harder. I'm not saying it all of the right ways, right? The fact that carbs are... I love thinking of them as energy foods. It is a mental perspective of I've trained myself to think that carbs are bad, um, but thinking of them as an energy food makes you think differently. And I think it would make me feel differently when I'm even eating them. So that I feel like is such like another key thing to think about. Is there, is there anything else that you think, you know, women in our forties or just a myth in general from an eating perspective that, that you see people do or don't do, or even a component of what that healthy plate looks like that, you know, people don't know about. Yeah. Um, what immediately came to mind when you said that was, um, fats are actually also very important, uh, particularly as we age those healthy fats. Um, so what I'm talking about when I say healthy fat is unsaturated fats, um, usually from plants, uh, also from fish. Um, so we've probably heard of omega threes, um, as a very important fat. They're particularly important for your brain health, right? So we want to really make sure we're getting those in, Um, And they also help with weight management. They help with heart health um, and they help you not spike blood sugar like we were talking about. Um, So omega-3s from fish and then our unsaturated fats from things like olive oil, nuts, seeds, they've really been shown to be beneficial, anti-inflammatory. And that's something I didn't mention on that plate, but I always include um, in a healthy plate is usually it could be like a component of the sauce or what you cooked with but having a little bit of healthy fat in every meal really helps um, with blood sugar and with overall Do you feel like, because also again, fast paced, I mean, Carrie and I's weekend was a um, terrible example or maybe an actual real life example of, you know, where a lot of moms and people are out there that, 
you know, fast food, like fast food happens here and there, but do you feel like it is crucial for people to stay away from the fat food, fast food, fat food, fast food cycle? The cycle, yes. Having it once in a while and a moment of need, yeah. no. <laughs> but the cycle is that all those foods are made to kind of give you that quick, fast energy, just like we were talking about, give you that blood sugar spike and everything. I don't know how they do it, even with protein and stuff. The highly processed foods seems to yeah. still do that. Um so if you get into a cycle of where you are having it all the time um, and you just need it to have that sugar high kind of feeling, then yeah, absolutely. We need to get out of that. Highly processed food, not great for you. Pro-inflammatory, um, you know, it's going to lead to more chronic disease later on in life. Um, so that's that's something that we want to get away from. That said, um if once in a great while in desperation you need food, then I say go for it and get it. Um, I, it's it's not a huge deal from time to time. What becomes a huge deal is chronic usage. Um, so every day, uh, I know that sounds terrible, but every day eating of highly processed food absolutely is going to affect us in the long term. Um, generally leading to that um, weight gain in the gut, right? So um, gaining weight right in the middle of your stomach. Um, what's called the fancy word is central adiposity, but really just like in that trunk area. Um, that's what's more associated with metabolic issues, heart disease, um, things like slower metabolism than gaining weight um, in your thighs and butt. Um, so that was something else I wanted to mention and um, kind of a funny segue, but I did want to mention that uh, there's a lot more chronic disease associated with that trunk fatness, <laughs> trunk fat than there is with the butt and thighs. Butt and thighs, you can kind of gain as much weight as you want, and there's not really any chronic disease. It's interesting to it. me, though, <laughs> that there are different parts of your body that gain for different reasons, or that those can be tied into what you're eating. Yes, they can totally be tied into what you're eating. Part of it is genetic, though, I will say. Some people just naturally gain more weight centrally. Some people naturally gain more weight lower down. Um, and they're just lucky that they don't have those, those issues. But um, but that's another big weight loss myth is that, um, you know, it doesn't matter where the weight is. Um, but it actually does, right, for our long-term health. Okay, I'm fascinated. I feel like I've learned so I. I know I somewhat took over, but I feel like I really... No, that's fine. You should ask questions. I really did learn so much because it's crazy the fact that you can want to do the right things and think you're doing the right things. I mean, the fact that I don't put the rice on my plate, right? But ultimately, I'm, do, I'm doing the worst thing I could do for myself. Yeah. The other thing that you mentioned, uh, skipping meals is not good for weight loss, which is the one thing that people assume eating less, I'm going to lose weight. Um, but our body finds ways to compensate for skipped meals. Um, and that usually isn't actually very conducive. I know a lot of people who skip breakfast because they're not super hungry in the morning. Our body finds ways to compensate for it throughout the day, and it doesn't actually be, end up being any better. And while I don't 
quite buy into breakfast being the most important meal of the day. It is important. It gets our metabolism going, um, right? It's, it starts our resting metabolic rate that we were talking about or like our, our resting energy burning going. And it sets the stage for the rest of the day. And we want to start eating in the morning rather than skipping those meals. So especially if you haven't eaten all day, that's not an ideal situation. Though I realize that probably doesn't happen all the time. The whole... Um- what is it called when you don't eat for like intermittent fasting? Intermittent fasting. Yeah, like 12, 14, 16 hours. But is it is it true is it as long as you eat what you would have eaten all day in that 8 hours? Is it so that's a more complicated intermittent fasting has been studied. It can be effective for certain things. I think it's been shown for weight loss in particular to be effective and for insulin resistance, which is a whole nother thing to talk about. But anyway, um, people tend to do better on it when they do an earlier shift. So this is the thing. Most people are like, oh, intermittent fasting, that sounds great. I'll just stop eating breakfast. Uh, That is not as effective because we've already been fasting overnight and there's a whole bunch of metabolic stuff going on. Um, That's not nearly as effective as if you shift your eating earlier in the day and you stop eating earlier in the day, right? And that's when people don't want to do that. <laughs> because it's so hard. Yeah. And so that's why I don't actually usually recommend intermittent fasting for my clients because they don't want to do that. That's not natural to them to eat earlier in the day. So it's not really sustainable. Mm. Way, like we, we have a lot of social and good stuff around dinner in our culture, Right. It can be a really nice convivial time for the family to get together. And if we're saying, hey, we actually want to either shift that to very early in the day or skip it all together, right, and have our meals all earlier, yeah, you probably will lose weight, but you might be missing out on something that you really love, like eating with your family. All right. I think I have a really, I have an important question and I feel like it's a great, it's actually maybe a great last question. Um, but what about drinking? So we're coming into summertime. I'm only saying that because I feel like I'm way more social in the summer and during the year when kids are in school and whatever, I don't find myself at the pool party or, you know, out on a summer night after a baseball game. Is there a way, is there a drink? Is there, you know, how do you balance that out or is there not a way? There totally is a way. First of all, I, I, um, absolutely believe that, uh, drinking alcohol can be part of a healthy lifestyle and studies on the Mediterranean diet have shown that to be very much true. Um, that is in particular centered on red wine consumption and, oh, oh this I is great. That's my smile on that one. <laughs> Um, absolutely. The, those, those Mediterranean diet studies I love because they include alcohol and people drink alcohol. So it's like, well, let's include that as, as an option. Um, and people tend to be healthy, live longer, have less type two diabetes and all kinds of stuff on the Mediterranean diet. Um, that said, even if you're not following it, drinking in moderation absolutely can be part of a healthy lifestyle. Um, binge drinking is never going to be part of a healthy life, uh, which is like four or five plus drinks in a night. Um, also those super sweet, uh, drinks, especially from like a mix that you buy are not going to be ideal because you're going to go above that 25 to 35 grams of added sugar. Um, 
And alcohol itself is calorically dense. So that's something to just bear in mind. It's calorically dense and we don't really feel those calories going down, right? Because we're just drinking, especially in a social situation. Um, it can be very mindless calorie intake. So we do want to bear that in mind. But honestly, if you're drinking moderately, which is like one, two drinks, maybe, um, that's generally fine. It's generally not going to cause a bunch of weight gain and everything, especially if you drink in, in social situations where you get something else out of that. Um, like the social interaction is really beneficial too. So I think we have to take that into account. Um, it can absolutely be part of a healthy lifestyle. Um, there's a big movement right now in natural wine, organic wine. Um, I think that's, that can be, um, a good choice because you have less additives and less stuff that you don't know about. Okay. So red wine for the win, Carrie, at least we were drinking red wine that <laughs> night. Late night when we were, no, discussing we were drinking a lot of red things. wine. Yeah. And the other thing I like doing, so I'm, you know, I'm in LA and when I was dancing the last show I had before the baby, I would do, like a citron vodka, water and ice, and lemon. And I just felt like I didn't citron, even drink the next citron day. Citron water with vodka and lemon. So citron vodka, it's just the flavored vodka with just water and ice and lemon. And I didn't feel like I drank the next day. Jeannie, is that because as a hangover, how much of that is alcohol and how much of that is the sugar? That's a really good question. I don't know that I can answer that, <laughs> but okay. I, I would say both of them play a role. Absolutely. Both of them play, especially okay. if you're drinking like heavily mixed, you know, tropical sweet drinks, things like that. Sugar is playing a role there. Absolutely. Also any additives and stuff in that alcohol that you don't know about, right. Um, right. all right. mixers and stuff, that's all playing a role. Um, and it's all adding to inflammation, which is really the main driver of a hangover. Um, so if you're anything you can do to lessen the inflammation associated with it, uh, including lowering the added sugar, which you did naturally by just having water as your mixer. Also water. Hi, water is helpful, right? To have with our drinks, all that whole thing about having one drink and one glass of water is true. Yeah, I'm oh, not we a, talked about I'm this not too, amazing Kelly. at drinking so, water. Okay. So that's not good. Well, you know, it's 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 shifting over time, though. Okay, here's here's my question. I know Kelly thought that was a great last question. It was, but here's my last last question: Is can you talk about, or can you debunk, or give us the real about cardio versus other exercise? Because I feel like, along with this, like carb is the devil, fats are the devil, is that cardio is is like the thing for weight loss. And I feel like <laughs> this is why you, first of all, this I fucking is why you want to hear. This is why Kelly you knows. But, but the thing is people tell me all the time that I need it for my heart health. And I'm like, yeah, but if I really just tire myself out on the silks, is it the same? Jeannie. Yeah. So you, first of all, you're getting some cardio yeah. on the silks. <laughs> Right. You know, think about it. your heart rate run goes to, up, for any reason, especially if you do like a routine and you're up there for several minutes, you're getting some cardio. Um, so your heart is going to be absolutely fine. Um, I'm not worried about an aerialist heart health. The truth is a combination of strength training. This It's not sexy. A combination of strength training and cardio is the best. <laughs> 
Um, um, so not a surprise. So yeah, the truth is one versus the other. Not, I mean, actually, I would say maybe strength training is a little more important because of that thing with the resting metabolic rate. But actually, it's also just because people get less of it. People tend to think, yeah, exercise, I'll go on a run, I'll go on a walk, whatever. Um, hopefully, it's built into your life to have a little bit of carbo- cardio, <laughs> carbohydrate and cardio. Um, but people don't necessarily go out of their way to get some strength training. And it's, it is just as important let's say. Okay. So Kelly is actually training for a marathon. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. That's amazing. Yeah, How just she... started. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Supposedly. So how did, how, how does one who's training for a marathon, that's already so time consuming. Well, yes. Here's my thing. How do you balance I, I'm, I'm going to let her answer, but I printed off the, the marathon training plan because I just started. But there are lots of days, and my dad is also a marathon crazy person at 68, but there's like three rest days a week or four rest days a week. And so my thought process when I was looking at the plan on this Monday morning of the beginning of May was to, on those rest days, those be days that I was doing sit-ups, push-ups, whatever. But now I feel like hearing how important strength training is that on those rest days, I will do more because I pretty much do something every day. So that's not hard for me to add that in, especially when there's rest days, that those days I'll be lifting weights or doing a Pilates class or doing one of those strength training activities. Absolutely. But just so you know, the sit-ups and push-ups are a strength training activity <laughs> as well. Um, when I'm, yeah, again, we don't have to picture that going to the gym and lifting huge heavy weights is the only strength training option. There's every, every weight bearing, including your own body weight activity is strength training. Yes. I'm all about it. So I feel like, and I have to say my dad does that. Like on the days he's not running, like he's in the basement doing his weights. Now, I don't know if it's to the effect that he normally would, but I think just hearing all this too, sit-ups, push-ups, those things that I just talked about, I don't do any strength with my legs. And my legs, just for all of our greener grass listeners, so you know, my legs are my problem area, my legs and my booty. And I feel like it's because for my whole life, I've worked them in ballet. And even though I'm running, I'm not doing strength type things with my legs. And so that muscle there isn't the muscle that there used to be because I'm not doing strength activities with my legs. Absolutely. I, I, I think that you are probably right in that diagnosis of the situation. And some of that muscle that you had yeah. has turned to fat. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it's not being used as muscle. So it doesn't mean you have to go back to doing ballet. But if you do some sort of strength training activities, right, there's plenty of glute exercises, leg exercises out there to do. Um, and like you would, it would be incorporated into Pilates or yoga or anything like that. That would actually, yeah, because really the weird thing situation. before this call aha moment is I thought, well, I'm running, so I'm using my legs <laughs> when I'm running. And then I'll, I come back and do sit-ups, push-ups, like upper body type things really. But really that my, I'm not doing any strength training with my legs. And so my problem area, I'm not working out by running. I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. And yeah, to go back to kind of training. That's rough though. Like you run like seven, eight miles and then you're going to go back and do like strength training for your legs. 
That's a lot. Or on off days. On the off days, right? Yeah. Off days. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you have no idea what I'm going to look like uh, midsummer, thanks to this call. I mean, it changed my whole world. <laughs> Basically, what I got from this is I'm going to start eating bread, and red wine is okay, and get rid of the Swedish fish. Um, Jeannie, I didn't mean to interrupt you no, it's okay. just now. I love what that. What you saying? I actually, I end up telling people more what they can eat than what they can't eat in my line of business, and I love to hear that. <laughs> I did get a lot of really, really good nuggets for myself, and I feel like I think it is that age I mean, I said it started off by being 45. I think a lot of our listeners, Carrie, are kind of in our age bracket. I know we have some younger. Yeah, I think so. But I think that they're probably all in that same place of struggling and figuring it out. And, you know, even if someone takes one thing from this call um, and they shift a little bit, I feel like I, I loved this. I so appreciated you. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. That's that's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm here to help people find that balance and actually enjoy their life, enjoy their food. Um, that's what's really important to me. So it's it's been really a pleasure speaking with you. I might become a client. I'll get your info after. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you do telehealth or can you – is it like you can't do telehealth outside of your state? Um, yeah, I, so I work in Washington and I work in California, um, because California, um, California doesn't have those rules. Um, okay. And and where in Ohio? (laughs) Um, so I'd have to look up the state. I think they might have some rules against, uh, telehealth there. Uh, yeah, Ohio. And then I'm in, I'm in LA. Um, but Jeannie, I could work with someone in LA. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jeannie, thanks so much for being here and helping us debunk some myths and learn how to eat healthier for ourselves and our families. We really appreciate you. Listeners, in the show notes, you can click there to receive our newsletter and also for the discount code for Vibrant Body Company and Hugh and Grace. Thank you so much for being here. If you would honor us with a five-star rating and review anywhere you get but your podcast, it is invaluable. And thanks so much for being here. We really love you guys. We'll see you next week. This is Greener Grass. Greener Grass.